Welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game. Wee! Yeah, uh, I'm Paul. I'm Kevin. I'm Chris. And we're all in the same room? Holy weird. How did that happen? Right? Yeah, so this is a first for all of us, being in the same exact room, recording and Gundaming. Is that yeah. the right word? Gundaming. 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 Yeah, Gundaming. sure. I'll allow it. On the same damn microphone. Right. Yeah. It's going to be an easy one to put together. Yeah. So, and, uh, and this is Kevin Denai's first time actually meeting. In yeah. I, yeah. That. See, I forget about that since I yeah, feel like I mean, we all I, hang out all the damn time. Yeah. Because I, I didn't get to go with you guys when you guys went to Disney last time. Yep. Yep. Well, we have to make that happen. Yes, I agree. But uh, so, Kevin, since you're down here in, in North Carolina with us, uh, what are your thoughts and impressions of our state that we live in? It's very green. I say coming from a very green state. Like Wisconsin is very green, but it's like very hilly, very hot, very green and very tall. There's like lots of trees everywhere. Uh, and like in Matt, at least in Madison and most of Wisconsin, if you're in like a town and you're at a high point, you can see everything in the city. Oh, <laughs> And that's just not true here because the landscape changes so quickly. Yeah. And so uh, much. <laughs> and so that's not possible. Um, but I really like it. Food's great. People have been really nice. Um, yeah. So, so far, so great. I really like it. The game store you guys took me to today was excellent. Yeah. But uh, so... Speaking of food, keeping you fat and happy on your little vacay, what's been your favorite thing that you've had so far? Oh, boy. Uh, favorite food I had so far. Um, I'm going to, uh, well, I mean, honestly, it's on my mind because the biscuit we had this morning. <laughs> so they took me to this place called Rise, uh, which is some kind of like, I don't know. It, 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 looking at it, it does feel like it has some religious undertones. <laughs> the like righteous chicken and the name of the place is Rise. Oh yeah, you know I you know that never, never dawned on me. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I said, I, I, always, I always go there for the donuts, and I, I never usually get the biscuits. Oh my gosh, I never thought of that. <laughs> I was like, oh, he has risen this chicken biscuit. <laughs> this is why yeah. he came back <laughs> <laughs> for this pimento cheese. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. But it was really good. It was really good. Um, so that was probably, that was great. Uh, I got to try cookout. So people listening, um, not all the food, but I did just have a cookout milkshake, which is a really solid milkshake. Yeah. Would recommend, would go try another one of their bajillion flavors. <laughs> I think I think my favorite part of you trying that though was when you started drinking, I went, are you meant to drink this? <laughs> <laughs> I told you, man, it sucks because they, they give you like a normal straw and it's such a thick milkshake. It's such a thick milkshake. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Really good. Um, man, yeah. Also, we went to what was the Museum of Sci Life, Life, and, Life Science. and Science out in Durham? Yeah. yeah that's a fun place. Uh, that place is amazing. Like, I've been to a lot of children's museums, but 
having a children's museum that has like an entire treehouse, yeah, like treehouse like sequence mm-hmm. was amazing. The butterfly uh, area and there was really cool. All the dinosaurs. Did you do the we, dinosaur we did area? A little bit of the walk through the dinosaurs. Yeah. There's um, so much to do at that place. It really needs like two days to do fully. It's yeah, the the place the kids spent the most time though was like at the. It was like at the far end of one of the wings where. It's like a rock structure with a bunch of stuff you can dig out and stack and build. Mm. And there's like a creek and a bunch of like mist machines. And, right. And then there's a bird watching area where Ella went. So I watched the kids while Ella went and watched birds for a little bit and got bit up by bugs. That'll um, happen in North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's another impression. It's loud as hell at night here, man. There's a <laughs> lot of like cicadas. I was like, I was like, you like our cicadas? Yeah. <laughs> yep. They're they're loud this year. They're normally they're normally not. This loud, but it sounds like a heartbeat outside of our Airbnb at nighttime. Does like it? literally a heartbeat of cicadas? Like this year makes me think of like Japan and cicadas. Yes, that's, and that's funny. That's actually what Paul said makes you think about Neon Genesis even Gellion. Right, yep. the very opening when it's All nothing but the cicadas. Yep, uh-huh. yep. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it, it was just like that. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. We live of. in a Neon Genesis establishing shot. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, not that world. Well. Maybe, um, yeah. So we're 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 glad to have chops down here for a minute. There, I almost forgot that we were recording and just enjoying our chat. Uh, <laughs> um, so, but what we wanted to talk about today is just kind of what we've been gaming lately and and all that stuff. So, uh, Chris, what have you been doing lately? Oh, I was like, I'll go first because my list is way smaller. Um, so I'll, I'll I've got well not gotten a game with it yet, but I did pick up. My syndicate army Ooh, for Legion. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a couple of those pieces built. I don't have the whole army built yet, but I'm looking forward to getting that on the table. Um, especially when the swoop bikes come in. I think this month. I'm Ooh. hoping. I got them on pre-order. Nice. So um, and then the IG uh, assassin robots come out. I think the same time. Oh, so, I didn't realize those were on the. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting those. But what I've actually got, um, I played a game of A Song of Ice and Fire. You did? I did. How did that go? I got my ass kicked um, because I was playing a janky list and completely forgot that you uh, play Targaryens. And you have an all-cav option with your army. Which I am definitely using right now. Yeah. Um, so, when I brought my all-cav Baratheon army because <laughs> uh, I was just being silly and wanted to play it. Yeah, it didn't do well against your speedy dudes. Yeah, they were they were pretty quick, that's for sure. Plus your morale checks of, oh my god, never I, failing. Kevin, when I, sh- I shit you not, I did not fail a single morale check in that entire game. You had the dice. The dice I, Absolutely. I Well, he also had Drogo <laughs> with uh, a card on him with his blood riders. With his, he was a Drogo with his blood riders. He had a it, a card on him that I think increased your morale. Uh, and Drogo himself increases the morale of the unit. No, no, Drogo increases the morale of the unit. The the card um, reduced wounds from that's what it was. Which Drogo also does. So the Correct. most I could have even taken was one. Right, and then he basically had Khaleesi. Influencing them every turn, right? So then they also, so then they had re rolls regardless, and you know they're yeah. the ones with the three up. Like and my it was guys just the three up save. Renly got stuck in with them <laughs> with his unit of uh, 
I was gonna see Wardens, the, exactly. And Renly went nowhere. Oh well, and I then, well, yeah, because you also challenged him to a duel, which I promptly lost because it's Renly. Well, not only well, I mean, it's there's no there's that's no option. Janky, I don't I don't. That's one rule I do not like in that game. I don't like that you just picked an attachment, roll a die, and on a three plus, it's dead. Yeah, below oh, the assassin one. Yeah. yeah, like like at the very least, it should not be able to affect commanders. Well, and so the thing the thing with that too is normally it probably wouldn't have been a big issue. But because we were playing a mission that had recursion that allowed us to bring the units back on the board after they died yeah. with their attachments. Right. That would have been fine. It would have been fine if my wardens would or stop die. would stop passing their armor <laughs> saves. <laughs> so I, I could not you you I mean you kept Cal Drogo. I tied Drogo con- contained, but at that point I'm like, well, I'm on three up saves. I'm not too worried about it. If I kill him. Renly comes back. This is ideal, right? So and I was fine with that. Yeah. I had no issue. I mean, the, with the warden, the wardens did the job that they are designed to do. They are a tar pit unit, yep. and they they tied Drogo up. Yep. But they were my only you know non cap unit because I took I took a unit of Grail Knights or, or Hedge Knights um, with a Glory Seeker, and then I had a unit of champion or uh, champions of the Stag. And then I had the new the new High Garden Calvary in there as well for some light, fast Calvary. And of course, they failed at doing their job continuously as well, too, because I couldn't get, the, get alpha the alpha strike. I couldn't off. get the alpha strike off. I had it lined up. All I needed was a two. Roll to one. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. And then at that point, since he was he was locked in with my veterans at that point. So then they just kept saying, oh, you attack me, I'm retreating, I'm shooting you with my bow. All right, now I'm activating, so I'm gonna charge you. Oof. And that was pretty much how those turns went for yeah. that unit. So really, that's how that game went for three to four turns. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was rough. It was, a, it was a very brutal game, as you know, Song of Ice and Fire is. Um, but I, you definitely got the short end of the stick. Well, because I just had a funny moment. So, listeners, this is not great radio, but we're building Gundams, and I, uh, I had four, like seven steps ago. Oh, zig no. what I should have zagged. Oh, no. And I had to undo all of it. And then in undoing all of it and listening and wanting to participate, I thought I had lost a piece. And I just spent like the last four or five minutes <laughs> looking because I thought I lost it. And it was literally on the model. So I, <laughs> I hadn't lost it. Oh, um, fantastic. That's Gundam fun right there. <laughs> but yeah, go, like going, it's not like Lego where going back seven steps is a minor inconvenience. It's like... It's a major... Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like just buy a new one. <laughs> but I did it. I have it. I have two chicken legs. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm almost done with the body. Um, yeah, so other than that, that's that's all I've really gotten. Um, Paul's trying to help me get out of my funk of not playing in public right now because of COVID and I still have that kind of anxiety because uh, it... And it's not so much like I'm afraid to go out because of COVID. It's it's more along the lines of, you know, it, it COVID staying home the last two years made my social anxiety worse. So it's more of a social anxiety thing and just being around people. Yep. So he's trying to help me get that out of that funk. So hopefully yep. that'll we ended up, we ended up playing at your at your place. We tried. We tried two different gaming stores, but they were either busy or had other things that stopped us from being able to play. So yeah. So here we are. Um, but yeah, it was a good time though. It was, That's fun. It's been a while since yeah. we've played too. So yeah. Um, but, and then other than that, I've just been buying and building Gundams. 
Any any good Gundams built recently? Uh, the Master Grade Perfect sh- or Master Grade Strike Freedom from Gundam Seed. Mm. That sound like a good one. I built that one the other night. Excellent. Oh, that's the MG that we just looked at earlier. Yeah, that was the MG that that you just looked at. He the, the he's a monstrosity. He is huge. His wingspan is ginormous. The cool thing though is when you um, pull. Start pulling like one wing. The art, there's articulation in it, and it opens up all of it wings on that side. Of that's that. pretty cool. Yeah, the that's articulation, cool. and that's really cool. I support that. Yeah. All right, chats. What you've been playing? Well, uh, miniatures wise, I played a game of Kings of War. Okay, that's exciting. That's a new one. Uh, well, that, well but, that, but it's something you've been talking about. It's weird, right? Because on. I had spent hours and hours and hours hobbying on kings of war and so it was kind of cool because you think about it you, you i mean you guys must remember when i that fateful multi-hundred dollar purchase i made yep from miniature market when all the wrath of kings minis went on clearance and i was like i'm gonna make a kings of war army with this which still sounds like it was a good choice still yeah i would agree i i think it was a very good choice um yeah, those shark boys are awesome yep and they, they turned out really well um and I got to meet a new a new player um, in the local area, so that was really cool. We met up, so I played my very first game of Kings of War with someone I'd never played a war game before with, and he ended up being a very gracious opponent. We had a really, really, really fun game where I thought I was winning the whole time until I realized what I was doing was not actually playing for the win of the game. It was playing for my shark people to eat people. <laughs> <laughs> And so the scenario we played was get the get the most unit strength of your units onto your opponent's side of the field. Okay. And I was like, unit strength that doesn't I, I don't that doesn't stat I don't care about. I'm trying to kill things as long as I have guys on his side of the table and he doesn't have any left. Surely I'll win. Mm. Uh, he brought humans, and so in our it was a 1500 point game, and in the 1500 points or 1250, and in the 1250, you know I had I think like seven. Uh, stands of units and he had like 14 oh, like 13 or 14 um, and I was just murking him, murdering him. Like he only <laughs> had three left at the end of the game right and I had you know I had a couple I had plenty on his side of the table the issue is is that his army had more unit strength per regiment that he was running mm. and so very clearly or cleverly he got the units with high unit strength across onto my side of the field and just let me sort of chew through his chaff literally yeah literally <laughs> chew through it but that's the, that's a really cool balancing feature of kings of war yeah. is that even though his like huge massive soldiers kind of folded like wet paper towels into my trident realms right because he had more unit strength on the objectives he won the day that's interesting very malifoes. Yeah. Yeah. So what was, so this, and this was the first time you played, right? It was the first time. I so played. what impressions do you have about the game? Uh, my, so my first and I think most important impression from a wargaming perspective is that um, I go, you go isn't a four letter word, right? Like we shouldn't think of like, I, I go, you go as like a bad gaming device. I think a lot of us get really uh, hung up in like how hip and cool alternating activations are i mean they are but they are no they are it's great and alternating <laughs> activation games are great um and you know you think about infinity is 
at its core and I go you go it's just got uh, like a hook that makes it a little bit better right right um, and the thing about Kings of War though is the hook that I'm gonna tell you would actually make it seem worse in principle and that's when it's not your turn you don't roll dice at all oh interesting like okay. you don't you even like no saves your no. opponent rolls your saves huh <laughs> Yeah. Well, you got Potter's attention. <laughs> that, that, like, it just doesn't seem right to me. Um, well, because it's it's not really saves. It's it's basically it's it's rolling you you roll to hit, and then you roll to wound. Right. And wounds carry over, but the way that units in Kings of War work, it's not like you pull units off. The, it's not like you pull ranks off a tray in a right. Song of Ice and Fire. And this is why people multi base because all you do is you track wounds. Right. Yeah, I knew on that about it. A, on the back of a unit. And then at the end of each combat, well, each each melee combat, you roll um, a d6. Or it's 2d6. You roll 2d6. And if the number of 2d6 plus the number of wounds exceeds that unit's nerve, they, they're just gone and wiped out. Hmm. And so that's how you actually kill models. And so if you have a unit that has a unit strength or a, a nerve of 17 or 19, you have to take a lot of wounds before your guys will even flee. Right. right. Like, it's not even mathematically possible if they have 19 to flee until they have 12 or uh, not seven wounds on them, right? So they have right. to have seven wounds before they would even, even a 12 would get them to flee. Right. And then there are rules for heroes and things that make your opponent re-roll the nerve checks for your guys to see if they'll, uh, it's called inspiring. And mm -hmm. so if you have inspiring units, that's one way to like make it so that your guys stick around better and it's your choice. So if they roll and you guys, and, they, and you pass your nerve, if they, or if they roll and your nerve passes, you can just say, cool, but if they roll and it's over your nerve, you can go, no, 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 inspiring. Go ahead and re-roll those two oh, again, cool. please. Yeah, so especially if it's a, you know, you need a 12, yep. you know, there's a good chance that that's not gonna, not gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And the other thing is that uh, Snake Eyes always fails. So right. even if they get you, you're always having them roll for the chance for Snake Eyes, because then your guys will stay around for another right. round. Right. Very cool. Huh. It's kind of neat. Yeah. So it makes it really cool that way. Um, and also, the units and the abilities that the units have are deeply thematic. Okay. Um, like, there's just, there's a, it's it's more like Infinity, where there's a series of keywords. And then the way they interlace um, melee strength to hit the abilities, like the way they they combine all those elements onto each unit, mm -hmm. along with the specific rules for the armies uh, and the relics and magic things you can take and the spells that your spellcasters have access to really makes these very different feeling armies. Okay, that's cool. So how do you, how does it compare to like going old school here and you know the obvious comparison like old school Warhammer fantasy yeah way faster way okay. cleaner so there aren't like any there aren't any charts okay so you're not worried about that at all basically you bring your list and it's just like infinity where you bring your list and you bring a list for your opponent mm -hmm. here you go okay here's what my dudes do um and once you know that when especially once you have your opponent's list it's really easy to just handle everything 
Right. Because you know all of your roles. You know right. everything you need to do um, mm. based on the two lists, and so you don't need charts. Right. Um, and everything is sort of handled very procedurally. So the basically in the in the cool the, another really cool thing about the melee phase is you decide the order that the melee combats happen when you're the turn player, and so you can do really slick stuff because just like in a song of ice and fire, if you completely uh, annihilate a unit, your units that were touching that unit can remaneuver right. and they have choices of things that they can do based on on how you rolled and what you are or based on what you killed and how, and what positions you were on their flank or in the front. Mm -hmm. um, and that makes it really cool. Um, I, and I, I, it's, it's been a long time since I played fantasy, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. 18, 19 years. So some of the details are <laughs> a little a, fuzzy. It's been a minute, but there's yeah. no accounting for individual models at all. That's nice. Um, I mean, there are heroes, but the heroes are basically on stand. So they just act like a smaller version of okay. the bigger okay. units. Um, the other thing that's really cool is I forgot how fun it is to roll like 30 dice. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is a, that is a good feeling that, you know, don't get really anymore when you're not playing a GW know, mass battle game. Yeah. Bucket of dice. And, and buckets of dice aren't, aren't as frequent as you think. Cause most, most things like the, you know, the, uh, uh, a high attack value in the game is like. 10 or 12. Okay. But if you're on the side, it's double attacks. And if you're in the rear, double. it's triple. Ooh. Holy shit. Okay, so that's how they handle yeah. the flanking. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's how you get into situations okay. where you start rolling. Uh, see how that dice. gets played into that math of, of getting people to run and all that. So that makes sense. And it makes positioning so important. Oh, yeah. Right. Like giving someone your flank in a song of ice and fire is bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's bad. But it's not like, oh no. Right. <laughs> and, and, like, yeah. And in Kings of War, if the wrong thing gets your flank, you're deep shit. I can imagine a bunch of sharks going into your flank would not be good. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, but there, there's other cool stuff too, right? Like there are some, there are big Titan models like my Leviathan, and my Leviathan is just like chewing through his stuff. And then I only realized after our game that there are armies that have heroes that roll. Always roll like they're rear charging titans. Jeez. Holy no matter crap. where they have the titan. <laughs> wow. And okay. so that you know, that's like interplay across the table. Like, oh, you've got one of those things where if that thing gets close to my titan, it's it's a titan killer. It's right. just going to melt it. Right. And so you have to it makes it so you can't just bring these indestructible monsters and rely on them. I like right. that. Which is good. That's a good that's good game design. It's great game design. And another thing is how you build your forces. So the way you build your forces in this game is everything is, all your list building is, is predicated on your troop choices. Okay. So there's different sizes of troops. So if you take your, just we'll just, we'll just call them bog standard soldiers. Mm -hmm. If you take- Your FUDFUDs. Your FUDFUDs. Fud if you take 10 FUDFUDs, <laughs> that's a troop. Okay. If you take 20 FUD FUDs, that's a regiment. Okay. If you take 40 FUD FUDs, that's a legion. Okay. And they're on increasingly sized bases. Right. So they still so it limits their mobility uh -huh. when you get larger ones, but the and, and, but you get a discount. So there it's generally, you know, it's not a perfect slide for every indicate every one, but it's usually 10 to 20% savings. Oh wow. Okay. As you go up. 
right? So like where a unit might be a hundred points for mm -hmm. a regiment or for a troop, the next step up the regiment might be one eighty. Okay. So you spend twenty less points for those those aesthetics, and and then you get the increased stats, increased unit strength, and unit strength increases a lot. Where a regiment might have, or a, a troop might have a unit strength of zero, a legion might have a unit strength of five. Makes okay. sense. So makes sense, when you're yeah. like wanting to control objectives, you have to think about the units you're bringing, and then what ends up happening is that your your um, regiment and legion choices unlock all your other options. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember when I was looking at the game before. That's so kind of a neat. Yeah, so if you take a legion, that unlocks two or four troop options, mm -hmm. and then any two options between heroes and monsters. Right. And so, like my army, I build it on a basis of of um, four. Uh, regiment or four legions, four le four big units of models, and then that unlocks everything on my table. Huh. Hmm. Or hordes, sorry, hordes, not legions. It's troop, regiment, horde, legion. Um, and I take the the hordes. I take four hordes, and then that unlocks my the rest of my stuff. Okay. But taking those four hordes costs me a thousand points. From out of my two thousand point list, I was like, "That's so yeah, it, that's it, very... it clogs up a huge amount." And if I take one out, then that limits my flexibility for what I take. So you have to like it's like Infinity, where you really have to think and sort of finesse the models right. you're going to bring. And the game has really good uh, modular controls for your point values because a lot of them are bigger round numbers. But there's lots of upgrades and spells and things you can take. Like you, can, all your spellcasters generally have between five and 40 point upgrades okay. to take spells. And also you can add like relics and like symbols of power, like think like musicians and stuff, right? right. To, right. Your, yeah. to your other troops. And those cost increments you know, to five to 20 to 25 to 30 points. And then that, that really gives you a good way so that you're not like your 1895 army versus my 2000 point army because right. I couldn't get up to that nice round number. It gives you a really good way to get right to the, the point value. Right. Oh, that's great. I like that. Uh, so that, I think that's a lot of my, at least early impressions of things I like about Kings of War. Are you, uh, are you going to play again? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. We're actually, I think on the, on the last day of this month, I'm just verifying on my calendar. Yep. The 31st of this month, we have a meetup. Oh, nice. Right now, I think it's six of us. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That are going to get together and uh, and play King's War and just hang out. Now, is this are these newer people like creating the community, or is this an existing community you're joining now? So, it's a, it's a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, and then there's a couple people that I already know from, other, from playing other games. Right. So, a friend from Flesh and Blood and a friend from Infinity. Cool, cool. And the guy from Infinity also plays Crisis Protocol. Okay. Um, but then there's also the guy that I just met and two other people that I still haven't played a game with yet, even though they're in the local community right. playing games and I know of them. Okay. Pretty cool. Yeah. Good. That sounds fun. I'm, I'm always good to hear that some uh, rank and flank games are out there living well. And yeah, it's so fun, man. So fun. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different, a much different game. When you're doing that, I mean, I know, you know, Song of Ice and Fire is rank and flank, but 
it still feels like a skirmish game. Skirmish game? A little bit, yeah. Parts, I mean, it feels like skirmish mentality with, with rank and flank movement, right? Yes. Yeah, yep, exactly. So, you know, it doesn't quite, uh, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't feel, and, and maybe it's the volume of guys. Maybe that's part of what it is, too. Is that yeah, you're think, still really, you know, five or six units on the table. Yeah, I think in, in the game you and I just played, I think I had four. We each had four. because Four activations. Cavalry, yeah, because yeah, it was all cavalry. But still, like, you know. Right. Well, little, those are, and those are table, right? You had two NCU, three NCUs. Three I had two NCUs. NCUs yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. So, I mean, like, if you had three more units, you know, that might make a make it feel a little bit different too and a little more. Well, I mean, I don't think so because, well, I mean, I guess it depended. Like, so my only experience with rank and flank is, is a song of ice and fire in fantasy. So I guess it all depended on the, the army that you took in fantasy. Cause I played dwarves mostly. So, which is shocking. kind of, you know, shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Most of your points are put into your cannons anyways. Right. Right. Or your or your war machines. Yeah. Your war machines or your room bears to turn magic off. Right. So, yeah, see, I played dark elves, so we had a lot of a lot of a lot of troops and a lot of monsters. So that yeah. was kind of that hang up there. So I, you know, I got used to lots of trays on the table, and so yeah. So I mean, Song of Ice and Fire feels thin, but it feels the right size for the table. Yep. Yeah. Um, which is a good thing. It's definitely not a bad side of it. And I think the the fact that like. The tray, like your guys are pretty much only there for your wound counters and for your attacks. Right. Like it feels more like this is just one piece and these mm-hmm. are its wounds. That's right. that's what um, King, well, I, that's what Kings of War. I was like, I can imagine that's yeah, yeah, that's probably what that's exactly feels like. what it feels like. Uh, but also they represent your attack strength and your objective strength. And the I think the thing I can't emphasize enough is that in a song of ice and i love a song of ice and fire i actually if i had if I, if I had to pick one that i like better a song of ice and fire i think i like a little better but i i need to play kings of war more right yeah. and get into it a little bit more but one of the things i really like about kings of war is the differing base sizes right and in there are some differing base sizes in a song of ice and fire but really it's it's really like three not. or four yeah right, right? Yeah. And in Kings of War, it is a ton of different because your heroes can be on 20, 25, 40, or 50 mil. Mm-hmm. And then you have your monsters that are on 70 by, or 75 by 75. And then your troops are up from those base sizes. So if your troop, if you're, you have a troop that would normally sit on a 20 mil, mm-hmm. it is a 100 by 50, right? Four across the front, two back. Or five across the front and two back. And then those base sizes get bigger and bigger and bigger. And your legion is actually two two rectangles put together into a super wide rectangle. Oh, wow. Okay. And what that means is you really have to think about maneuverability. Right. That's huge. Yeah. Um, And how you use your models to block lanes and how they can do stuff. And... And, it, and that's one of the things that the, the game does is like, I, so I have a model in, in my army called a Knucker. Mm-hmm. It's, a mo- it's a monster on a 50 mil base that can move like 18 inches and has a nimble keyword, which means you can pivot twice during its movement. Oh, geez. And so that makes that thing, if you think about how that is on the battlefield, right? You've got your dudes that are marching in order and then there's this monster like slithering across however it needs right. to yeah. across. 
And that sort of feeling doesn't really happen in A Song of Ice and Fire. The right. movement is very uh, like deliberate and almost well, everything moves in similar patterns. Well, because you don't get, even at that, you don't get to wheel in the middle of a movement. You're no. either moving, right. which, which is great for streamlining. Yeah. But you're right. It doesn't give you that like, oh, I'm going to go here and then move over here. And, yeah. Uh, and not everything can wheel mid-movement. Right. But but this guy sure can. Right. <laughs> and it right. makes it horrifying. Well, it makes a sense that it's a monster and that it's one model compared to like 10, 20, 30 dudes trying Correct. to coordinate. That's a little bit harder. Correct. Right. But that, you know, That's, that also it feels makes more it, realistic. Yeah. That variety there. I mean, and I guess they solve some of that in Song of Ice and Fire with. You know, cavalry's getting their extra movement. Yeah, they get a free maneuver, yeah. But it would be, like, I feel like a dragon or a giant, you know, should have a little more leeway on their their movement. Agreed. You know, it's like, oh, wait, they can't? Like, it's one guy. Why can't he move it a little to the left? Sure. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I mean, minor, minor, you know, nitpickiness at that, because, I mean, it's a very solid game system. Yeah. Yes. Especially when I beat Potter handily. <laughs> Anything else you've been playing, Kev? I mean, Flesh and Blood, right? How's that going? Great. Uh, new set, Uprising, just came out. Yep. Uh, I actually have a new deck with me here down in North Carolina that I've never played before. Ooh. So you can together. stomp us with that. So a hero that I've never played um, and a deck list that I wrote, so it's probably terrible. <laughs> um but uh, so that's really exciting. Uh, also, recently, the way for people who don't play Flesh and Blood, uh, you play a hero. Uh, and the cool thing is that when heroes win tournaments in this game, uh, because the, they're, the company that makes the game has a system that connects the entire player base together called Gem. And when heroes win tournaments, uh, they earn what are called living legend points. And once a hero earns enough living legend points to become a living legend, that hero is no longer legal to play in tournament play. And we recently had two very poisonous heroes to the meta rotate out, and they yeah. are no longer legal. It was the Bravo, Bravo and, star of the show and Shane. Shane, yeah. So Bravo was, took no time at all. Yeah, yeah. Bravo was dude, barely. He was he, he was made new a to whole the last. Yeah, he's set. only one set old. Jeez. But also that was like, it, they, they're, they're, this is sort of a thing that LSS is going to, it's like, I, I would take it as a learning lesson and that they can't predict the meta mm-hmm. easily. So they have to be very careful about card design because what they said is that card, that Bravo card was designed between Monarch and Tales of Aria. Okay. Tales of Aria came out, Briar was a problem and they errated Briar. Right. And then we had some other bands. Right. And those that that when they tested Bravo, they were testing it in an environment where all the oh. cards were legal and the erratas hadn't happened. Oh. So in that pre-ban, pre-errata environment, the new Bravo was fine. Right, because those other cards. Yes. Oopsie. Interesting. Yes. And that's so, a that's a learning lesson. Yes. <laughs> um, so the thing that mm. they it, and that they'll never be able to see around every card. Because right. it's really hard right. to know how, but it makes yeah, it's, it's hard to know how the players are going to break the game. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's that's the unfortunate game design of any game, whether it's video games, you know, tabletop games, etc. Yeah. Uh, so, but 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 the cool thing is, while we had this sort of like poisonous meta for like three or four months, while Bravo was just winning half the events that people entered, 
uh, now he's gone. And mm -hmm. Chain, which is another hero that was sort of overpowered. Not really, but in the hands of a skilled player, extremely hard to beat. Um, and in the hands of a player like me, can't even figure out how to use it. But that was a nice thing about <laughs> Chain. Chain had a very high skill ceiling. Mm -hmm. um, it was low skill floor, high skill ceiling, which is really good. I don't know. I, I didn't have the skills. To... <laughs> but the issue is that the, high, the skill ceiling is very high. And you have to be pretty high up it to do well. Right. Um, and that's gone. So what it's looking like right now, at least from the first, because we're two, this, this is the second weekend uh, of the newest competitive season, mm -hmm. is that the meta is wide open. That's good. I've nice. seen, I have seen, I think, five top eights that had seven heroes. That's good. Wow. I, I like it when, when metas are like that. That's great. Yeah. So this might be the best meta the game's had. Uh, so very excited about Flesh and Blood right now, as if I wasn't always. Right. Right, but still, to be even more so, mm -hmm. is even better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I saw my my favorite hero in the game, Leviah, got her first seat uh, classic constructed living legend points. Oh, good. <laughs> good. It took a while for someone to win a tournament with her. Yeah, but, but you know. it's been done now, and that's a testament to the meta being open. Right. No. Yeah. Exactly. That she's not. Uh, and the person who won it was someone who's only played her. Oh, like, so that's really like cool. rewarding the mastery right. of that hero. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that, that is a distracting thing, I think, about Fab. Because it's like, oh, I really like this master. Or this one. Or this one. Or this one. It's, mm -hmm. all, it's easy to get stuck into that. Yeah, it's really easy to go, ooh, new shiny. Or, ooh, look at that and play that. Because like, I think I've played... I have played... Uh, Dorinthia. Mm -hmm. I've played... Uh oh god with the orc rage Reinar. Reinar. I've played Reinar. Um I just picked up the new illusionist. Dromai. Yeah, Dromai. And I played one or and I uh, what's the other uh Bolton. I've played Bolton. So it's like yeah, I'm like I'm all over the place. And it's easy to do that in the game. And and the game, like buying the pre-constructed decks also is kind of a boon, right? It makes it really easy to to experiment and try all the different flavors. Yeah, I forgot that I bought Briar as well, too. I okay. really like Briar. Briar's great. Um, yeah. And, you know, and now I'm, so I'm still playing Leviathan, my favorite hero in Blitz, uh, but I'm trying this new hero, Icelander, in, in Classic Instructed now, because as a dirty, as a Magic player, I was a filthy blue-black control or right. demure control player. Uh, and so this deck feels the most like mtg's black blue okay uh which is why i chose to there you go to give it a shot it's an ice wizard nice that sounds fun super cool so well, yeah i do want to try old him out yeah i i, I need awesome. i built a oldham deck i need to rework it uh because i learned by the end of my first game he doesn't do well with a balanced set of card colors um he wants blues Yes. Because all of his skills are quite expensive. Yes. So I went with the standard, all right, I'm going to have a pretty well balanced. And I went, I can't play anything. Yeah. Yeah. You need to, you need heavy blues for all of them. Yeah. So I, I need to rework that. But other than that, I, I really enjoy him. Did he you definitely fits my, did you proxy his legendary shield? No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not that type of guy. I don't even like proxies in miniatures games. <laughs> um, yeah, so I yeah, so I did get to give him a grow. I need to, like I said, I need to sit and actually rebuild that and move some things around. Um, I haven't I haven't opened any packs for the new set, but 
I'd love to at some point. Well, maybe we can we can do that before we part ways today. That would be fun. Cracks and packs. Cracks and packs. Go up to GT. Cracks and packs. Maybe we see some of the local guys for MCP tonight before you guys head out for yeah. dinner. Yeah. yeah, that gives us like yeah. Anyway, that's 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 a that's a sideboard. Uh, they don't care what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> How about you, Paul? Uh, I've gotten to do a lot of fun stuff recently. Um, uh, besides kicking my teeth in? Besides kicking your teeth in in Song of Ice and Fire. Um, I'll, go, I'll go all the way back. Um, I got to test out Battletech. Oh, Battletech. Yeah, I got to, so I got to try that out. Because, you know, you always hear like, oh, it's so clunky and there's so much to it. And let me tell you, worth it. Absolutely worth all of it. And what makes it great is that... Um, all the stuff that there is to it. So, you know, it is, it, it's a very, it is a crunchy game, right? But the thing is that it doesn't have necessarily the rules overhead that you might expect from like infinity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's all logical steps. Okay. Right. So it's like, all right, I'm going to shoot how far away I am changes what I need to hit you. The type of weapon changes what I need to hit you very much like infinity on that. Um, and then, you know, you figure out that range and then you shoot and you hit. And then once you hit, you figure out where those hits went. And that can depend on where you're, what angle you were firing at them from. Um, and then it looks like War Machine where it's got the big old massive amount of check boxes that you need to fill out. You destroy the outer armor, then you start destroying the inner armor. Cool. Um, I like it. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes logical sense. And even at that, um, even the progression of attacks makes sense. Say you're shooting at me with missiles. You have to see if you hit me with the missiles. Then you find out how many missiles you shot, and then you find out where each one of those hit. Ah, so there's so a lot of steps. Like there's every a, time you It's do a lot of steps, but it's, it's a progression. And it tells you the story. It becomes very narrative, right? Because you're watching a pilot who's going, oh crap, I keep getting hit on my left side. That one's going to go. Um, you know, and then your head, you know, if, if you get hit in the head, once that's gone, you blow up, you know, and you can even have <clears throat> one of the, one of the things that you do have to, um, risk and reward is called heat. So right, it's I'm a giant right. robot. So robots are going to generate heat as they're doing things. And if you get too hot, bad things happen. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, like if you, um, you know, start building up heat, you start slowing down or you can't fire as well. And then eventually you just lose your, your robot because it exploded. Um, but then depending on where you hit, uh, once the outer armor is destroyed, you start getting the opportunity for crits and then really bad things happen. Um, like, for instance, if you get hit in the chest or an arm or someplace essentially where your ammo is kept, your ammo can explode. Oh, boy. Yeah, because you're hitting the exo exoskeleton underneath, right? Yep, yeah. exactly. You're hitting underneath. Uh, so, like, at one point when I was playing, we completely had the the progression of, oh, my gosh, I got hit hard. Oh, my gosh, my outer armor's gone. Oh, my gosh, my ammo dump is going. Oh, shit, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was, like, literally, like, that type of role of, like, all right, the ammo's gone. All right, or the outer armor's gone. All right, now it's a crit. Oh, crap, it hit the the... Ammo supply, now everything's just blown up. 
Bye, guys. Yeah, exactly. So it was like just fun watching, like as you went through all of those steps, you could imagine the pilot, you know, pressing buttons, trying to, yeah, trying to mitigate the damage and then just finally being like, fuck. Eject! Um, And then it allows, it it also feels very much like RPG-like because on some levels, if you can imagine it, it can happen. So, to give you an idea on this one, I went and um, one, of my, one of my mechs got surrounded by two other smaller ones, mm-hmm. right? And so they kind of got swarmed and he's my sniper and I'm like, I need him shooting far. I don't need him, you know, tied up by these guys. And so these little guys, mine was, mine was a medium-sized mech. These were two light ones. And as they're hitting me, since they're hitting a heavier guy, they're damaging themselves because they're hitting a tougher object. But when I, when I went to swing back, I'm like, oh, I have options. It's not just dice rolling. So I looked and I'm like, I have the option to kick him. I'm going to kick him. But if, I, <laughs> but if I fail, I can fall over. So I can like completely oh. whiff and fall over. Whereas if I punch him, it's going to be less strong of a hit, but I'm not going to fall over. So I was just oh. like, fuck it. I'm going to kick him. So I oh, kicked him. I kicked him. Literally kicked off his leg. Amazing. And so then he fell over. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. I swept this. It was like a little chicken walker kind of thing too. So it was like oh, kicked yeah. out the leg. So good. And when you read the rules for for kicking off a limb or destroying a limb like that, it literally says, make sure you leave something in that hex to represent the leg or the or the limb so you can use it as a club. Oh, my God. Ha! Oh, my so, God. So... I picked up the limb and I bashed the shit out of that little chicken walker with its own leg. That's amazing. amazing. So that is very old school war machine. It is. It is very much. It, it very much has that very narrative. And it's, you know, yes, it is. It is a lot. There are, unlike Kings of War, there are a lot of charts. Um, but once you once you kind of get into it, it becomes really easy to to remember. All right. So. Highly recommend at least checking it out. Um, the fact that it's got hexes, you don't have to worry about measuring, is super cool. Uh, there is some squirreliness with... Um, not Not line of sight so much, but more uh, how many hexes you are away. Because if you're in like kind of that situation where you're not quite dead on, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, well now I got to jump up here and jump back. And so it can... It can feel a little wonky. That was probably my biggest complaint on that. Um, <clears throat> but it, but overall it made it really easy. Um, I bought the, the beginner box yeah. and got it for like 15 bucks. It had two models in it, quick start rules right. and a uh, map to play. And you were able to get going pretty quick. Yeah. I got going on that. And then, um, so the Christmas day, Christmas morning. Check. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you don't even have things to punch out. Nice. And then um, Stephen, the guy I was playing with, he had the bigger starter box, which that's a hell of a deal too, because it's 60 bucks and comes with eight models. Those eight models alone are worth 50 bucks if you bought them separately. Dang. All right. Um, so basically you're paying 10 bucks for the rule book. Not bad at all. Um, plus it comes, it, comes with your, it comes with another mat. And then the other cool thing too is that, um, I don't even know what company makes the game, but they make... Um, packs map packs that you can buy. Cool. 
Yeah, so you can you can um, you know change what maps you are, and even at that, if you have two maps next to each other and you want to play it a little differently, you turn one of them. Oh, neat! Right, because then then they're lining up differently. Yeah, right. Yeah, so so lots of neat little things like that. Uh, models are the models are pretty cool, and just again that narrative storytelling to it is is definitely there. So I highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, I guess if you like slow, stompy bots, that sounds like a pretty awesome. Yeah. And they and they actually have two versions of the game. I don't know if you know this or not. They have a version called Alpha Strike, and what Alpha Strike is is it's meant to be more akin to a, a more traditional war game. So a lot more, a lot quicker. You have like little cards, and they have wounds and stuff like that. So one of the cool things about that is that actually allows you to field a lot more of your toys. Oh, we do like playing with our toys. Right. So it gives you it gives you the option to play really either way. You can either play Alpha Strike and play with more toys, or you can play traditional Battletech and play with less toys, but get that more narrative story. Love it. The uh, the other really fun thing I got to do um, at the last barn day, we got four of us together and played Chain of Command, and instead of playing two different games we all decided that we were going to play one big game so this way the two other players could learn and everybody took control of a platoon and we put two objectives on the table and each platoon had their objective um, so my germans and brian's germans we had a crossroads to take and a farmhouse to take and there was a platoon of americans defending the house and a platoon of americans defending the crossroads and it was one of the funnest games i've ever played Period. Period. It was hmm. just that much fun because Why? one of the reasons is because you had your complete agency as you would over your platoon, right? So okay. it, you you would do everything you would if it was a one player game. The difference was that you also had to pay attention to what was happening just to to the side of you. So your to your your brain. right. So it's like okay. Do I like I'm worried about taking this objective? That's their objective there. How much do I need to worry about what they're doing? If they start failing, is that going to create a situation where now I'm going to have to deal with them? You know, so you're you're focused on your objective, but you still need to be aware of what else is happening around you. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So it made it really fun. It was now don't get me wrong, it it ended up being a very long game. Yeah. Um, but Chain of Command doesn't necessarily really have like a certain amount of rounds you play. You right. play until the you victory just, conditions. Yeah, you play until the victory conditions, or if you're a campaign, you pull out when you're like, shit, my guys can't handle this, and you know we need to decide we're going to fight another day. Um, you know, So it took a long time, and what was really interesting is that uh, in Chain of Command, with the, with the command dice that you roll each turn, if you get two sixes, you get two phases in a row. Oh, yes. Um, And I think all of us, at least once in the game, had three phases in a row. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it was was pretty amazing because – and the way it works with a a multiple player game like that is whoever gets their – whoever gets your, your, your multiple phases, they do everything they need to do kind of as like before everybody starts their turn. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, so it was really cool, and it was neat just seeing Bob put together a eight by four table for us to use. Um, and 
it it actually worked out to be a very good learning way to play the game to to get people to learn. Very cool. Because it because it was you, Jim. No, it was me and Brian on one side, and Bob and Adam on gotcha. the other side. So. I thought for some reason I thought Jim was playing. No, he he. I don't know. He had football, or I don't know whatever whatever he does. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was it was a really cool way to teach the game, and so we each of us had a new player on on our side, so this way we could. Very cool. You know, we took and it was it was fun too because we took time uh, before the game where like the other side left the barn, so we could look over the map and strategize and what we're going to put where. And and one of the things Brian and I did for our support, we put out a mortar bombardment, and we figured out exactly how to do that and to get it. So this way, um, it covered almost all of the jump off points for the for the uh, airborne. Very cool. So it forced him to have to go into uh, some places that he didn't want, and you know, it was it helped. So it was it was a lot of fun. It was it was highly recommend um, giving that a go. Um, and then played Song of Ice and Fire with uh, Potter, and that went well for you, for me. But <laughs> I, I I also owed you for for convincing me to make a. Song of Ice and Fire purchase. Yeah, which is now so. a new, now a new secret. Project. Yeah, it's going to be my my secret project. I'm not the only one with one secret project, but I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna not jump in quite as headfirst as you are. I don't it took gonna, me it took me like two years to accumulate what I have for that army. Right, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and paint. Oh, my yeah. secret project. <laughs> Good luck. I know. War, I know. War gamer famous last words. I know, I know, but I'm I'm doing well with my uh, chain of command stuff. We our our next game, our next game in August, we're going to try and convert the rules for a standard game of chain of command into um, all armored. So tanks, tanks, tanks. Yeah, yeah. So we figured out how to set up tank platoons, and and we kind of just adjusted things. So I'll be able to. Let everybody know how that went. Uh, that one I might have to try and come and watch. I won't play it. It's going to be fun. I'll come and watch. It's going to be a good one. It'll be very interesting to see if you know what adjustments we might need to make as far as the house rules to, to make it work. But yeah, um, I'm pretty just, stoked. Just, yeah, still not still not a big want desire to play any kind of historical games. I wasn't either, and then I played this game. Mm-hmm. Wasn't either. It's it's. Just a well-designed game and a lot of Give fun, it to so. me in a fantasy setting or a sci-fi setting, I'll play it. It's easy. Bust out, bust out your Warhammer stuff. And I don't own any oh, oh, Warhammer I have, stuff. I have, there's actually a Legion skin for it, too. Is so, there? Yeah. Okay. Well, I then to, I'm I have on, to go back I'm, and look at it. I have, I yeah, because there's a 40k one and there is a Legion one. Um, but yeah, so we can try it. Okay. I'll, I'll gladly, let me, that'll, let, that'll let, me find the Legion, let me find the Legion stuff and I'll teach you. That'll do. Um, yeah. So that's it. That's my, that's my gaming. That's all, that's all I got. It was a lot. But it was fun. So I just looked over. Kevin's Gundam's going to be huge. I know. I see that. Uh, look, I did I did my body. You're so slow. And I did my head. But look, I actually had to do two heads because he's got the extra one stuck onto his body. So, yeah. So there's that. But yes, I'm also slow. But I also did my... Do you need a walker? Do you need a walker? Yes, I do. I need a walker. Tennis <laughs> ball is on the bottom. That's the only way I'll take a walker. Um... So I guess uh, final thoughts. I'm glad um, Kevin could come down. Oh man, this is so fun! So glad to spend some time. Um, yeah, it's been got, a fun day. Got to play a game of Quacks of Quedlinburg. That game was so much fun. Yeah, that game was fun. <laughs> Paul can finesse us. 
Dude, he was he down for like the first three quarters of the game. Came, came from the backfield. Came from the backfield. Four, four rat tails. That made the difference. Four yeah, rat tails. That four rat tail turn, man. You really turned it around. Yeah, and yeah. your bag just started providing. You had been like <laughs> building this engine and that was when the engine was built. Yep, yep, and it, it just started yes. firing for you. I went, I went from first to last. Yeah, once, once I figured out what engine I was going to use and... Got it built. Yeah, I, I figured my engine out way too late in the game. <laughs> well, your 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 fart gas helped you. My fart gas did a help a lot. Love yep. that fart gas. You you should have uh, loaded up on the fart gas. I should have. It was well. I mean, I could have still only get one point. No, is it one point per? It was it, it, up to up, up to, to three, three. Through, up to three. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's still a lot of victory points. Yep. Yeah. No, it is. But my 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 pumpkin mushroom combo. Those last two turns. Gas. Yeah. Gas. It just, just got around. Yep. And it still kept me just behind. Yes. Yeah, ju- just behind until you, until, like, you came got out. The, until you got the couple fours. Yeah. Like, really Those two fours. Yeah. That was when I was like, all right, I, I'm not buying enough high number stuff. Yeah. yeah. So. Really, really turned it on. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. So my, my final thought is I'm super glad that you're here and hanging out Fun. and that we're getting to play games and build Gundams and... Uh, Show you all the sites and feed you unhealthy fried oh North Carolina. <laughs> Have you had barbecue yet? Oh, twice. Okay, good. good. Yeah. Wait, good, good. Which, which, where's, where'd you go? Um. Uh. Oh my God! It's like one one name sounded really pretentious. Uh. Shit. We'll have to look, like not on air. I'll have to look it up. But I went to uh, and one was a food cart, and it was like PD pigs. Pig something food. Cart. I mean, it was probably amazing because it's a food truck. It was probably. amazing. Yeah, it was so great. One of the things that they had was uh, they were called muddy fries, and it was just like a basket of French fries, and then it had gravy made from brisket liquid, like brisket fat gravy. I've never had brisket gravy. So it was brisket gravy, and then it had uh, a bunch of cheese melted on it, and brisket. And there were some hush puppies laid over the top of it and like green onion and but yeah, it was a that, sour cream. And so that, it was amazing. Hashtag My, welcome to the South. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's like, <laughs> I was going to say that's like the South version of poutine. Yes, it very But except for like, because it was like the brisket gravy, it had this like, it was just like an almost overwhelming smoky flavor, but it was so good. It was just like smoky, beefy gravy. Yeah, you'll have to find the name so I can look their truck up and see where, I, they're, I where they're at. I, I gotta try that. Yeah, it was great. Um, and I'll, I'll think of the name of the other place. And it was also super good. Was it a vinegar base? Yes. Yeah. Sauce. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Cacolac is known for. Quite good. Good. Big good. fan. Yeah, so super glad you're here. Hopefully we can do this all again soon. Yes, um, I would be down for that. Yeah. We'll have to go up north the next time. I know, I know. This Now it's our turn to go up. And I can feed you guys full of cheese. Hell yeah. I'm all I'm, about I'm game for that. Yeah, I fully support this. Cheese and beer. That's what we've got. And I'll, I'll take care of that. I finally, I finally, I've been including slowly alcohol back into my regime. I've got a thing of Boddington's in the refrigerator right now. All right, all right. So I'll take you up on that. All right. Well, I think that's it. I guess it's time for a trademark. Bye.